Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to some bonus content from The Geek Buddies. Uh, today, we're going to break down our spoiler-filled thoughts about episodes six and seven of The Mandalorian as we're kind of uh, coming into the end of the series. Uh, the seven certainly uh, uh, left us in a place of... Uh, end of the first season, sorry, of the series. But certainly, uh, episode seven left us in a very Empire Strikes Back kind of way, uh, feeling, kind of ending ooh. here, which I really enjoyed. Uh, but six, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. All right. Um, I'm your one of your hosts, uh, John Roke. I'm a writer and producer over at Collider. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. Boom. All right. So the uh, episode six and seven. Yeah. <sighs> oh. <laughs> I don't know where I want to start. I mean, I just want to dismiss. I, I, I tweeted this. I said, the less said about episode six, the better. Um, is that right? Is it? Yeah, no, yep. yeah. It's chapter six, six, the prisoner. Then chapter seven, the reckoning. The prisoner was horrific. I but, loved it. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, but loved I it. and I didn't mind. Uh, was it sanctuary or the gunslinger? Which one has a uh, Sedaris? Uh, the gunslinger. Yes. Yeah, I didn't mind the gunslinger, but people either liked the gunslinger and hated this one, or hated this one and liked Gunslinger. I didn't. I, I really didn't like the Gunslinger, and a lot of it was the casting. And what I didn't like about the Prisoner um, with the with the group again was the casting. Yeah. Um, Tonks from uh, what was yeah. it? Natalie Tana. 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 Yeah. Um, a good actress. A good actress. My God, overplaying. Holy crap! Lots of hissing. Lots, Lots of, of overacting. Lots of hissing. Lots of kind of d- dumb, threatening Mando with the with this knife. Um, just really, I think a lot of times people in makeup tend to overcompensate, yes. not realizing that the makeup does a lot of the work for you. Like just talk. And as a seasoned professional of the Orville, when you were in makeup, you yes. understood that. Yes, you gave a very subtle performance. Yes, I yeah. mean, if you blink, you actually miss me. I blend in that much. 
<laughs> but also, I think, and again, this speaks to the the TV budget uh, issue of it all. Is the the Twi'leks in general the the species that has like the tentacle yeah. the tentacle hair? Um, in film, like was it Bib Fortuna? Is that his name in Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Like, uh, he looks awesome, and then that was in 1983. Um, now what they do is they give them a little headdress and put the tentacles uh, on the outside, yeah. and so it just does not move believably. I mean, I see that I'm like, oh, that's an actor with a head with a headpiece on. Yeah. Like maybe don't use those aliens. Like use something else. Like you've got Twi'leks are pretty popular though. Well, yeah, they're popular, but they're not doing them well. Well, okay. First of all, yeah, you like this episode. Before I get all, into what I hated, uh, I don't think the Twi'leks are horrible. I think. I think I as a character or, is it, or these actors. I think no. I, I think well. I think the actor. I, I mean the Twi'lek makeup. The I makeup. Think that, like I think they look fine. And um, like I like the dude who was the Twi'lek. Her brother. Like he was cool. Like I've never seen like a badass sort of broy Twi'lek like that. I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree with you that there was some overacting happening. Um, but I just thought now it's interesting watching talking about it having seen. Uh, chapter seven. Yeah. My issue, my only issue with the prisoner was it was just another sort of standalone story that didn't go anywhere. Right. That we had four, five, and six chapters yeah. that were all sort of like here we go to a planet, we do a thing, we leave the planet, and we're yeah. not moving the bigger story forward. Right. Um, that being said, out of those three, out of four, five, and six, I liked six the most because mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting. I kind of loved seeing this uh, this Republic prison ship. Uh, this New Republic prison ship. I loved the sort of uh, – I loved the way it was shot. Like I loved that moment um, when Mando was sort of in the dark in the shadows and the red light and it was flashing mm. and he kept getting closer and closer. Like just watching him take everybody out the way he did, I thought it was just fun. I thought it was just fun, cool, well-shot Star Wars. My only issue when it was over, I was like, ugh, they really better uh, kick things up a notch in Chapter 7. I want to get back to the story. And yeah. then they did. So yeah. I was great about it. So I – it's it's it is an interesting thing because um, you are right. Like I I saw both reactions. People were yep. like, "Oh, the prisoner was horrible," and people were like, "Prisoner's one of the best." Like I put it up there out of the uh, like I said, it's my favorite of the sort of standalone adventures that mm-hmm. weren't tied to the bigger story. Um, and I think I might have liked it more than even Chapter Two. Wow! 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 Well, I really just had, I thought it was a blast. I, see, I think it, it it was all performance for me. I think if the performances mm. had been better, um, I didn't necessarily think Bill Burr was bad, oh, but I'm like, I don't think you, you don't belong here. Well, I guess like, I was. <laughs> I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise ass, wise ass. Uh, <laughs> let me make a reference to Canto Bite, <laughs> a slot machine from Canto Bite. <laughs> He's slowly becoming Kennedy. Right? Yeah, basically. Well, or that's Mayor, all I hear. Mayor Quimby. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's what he felt like in the in the show. I was frustrated. Look, I, I was frustrated because I didn't li- I didn't like any. And Clancy Brown is one of my favorite people on the planet. And I love him when he does voiceovers. I loved him obviously in Shawshank Redemption, numerous other things. He was great as LBJ in The Crown season three. Um, but I thought this everybody in this show in this particular episode was just one note. The whole very surface acting. There was not much going on here. And they seemed like the clumsiest, motley crew of people you could put together. I'm like, if he's running with these idiots, like, <laughs> how much of a badass is he really? This is like watching uh, Anakin uh, kill the little kids. It was Ooh. there was nothing cool or badass, in my opinion, about him. They weren't Take, dangerous. They weren't dangerous yep. at all. They were comically inept. And so to me, when I see him take them out, there's nothing gained here to me that makes the Mandalorian a, more of a badass or whatever. If you had made those five people badass, 
then or four people, then that would have been something else completely. Like that whole sequence when the when they walk in and the dude's like, uh, 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 I don't, that whole scene was horrifically yeah. stupid. Yeah. And her going, you got, are you guys done? Which of course is saying women are smarter than men. It was just such a stupid. There's a way to do that to make it a, 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 a more interesting concept. But the but playing it so ham handedly, I was like, this is all around just stupidly dumb. And that was Rick uh, Famuyiwa who directed this episode. Yes, and he directed two or three. I can't yeah. remember. Or no, he, it would have been two. I think two. Yeah, and two was a good episode. Two was a good episode. He he did not give his actors. He, he he did not direct his actors well. He let them go with their first choices. It feels like and all Clancy Brown did was laugh. Yeah, I was just say one note, and then at the end, um. You knew he was going to figure it out and turn on them, and it wasn't a big deal and blow them up. There was nothing. But putting this is, and listen, I know, I get it. I get it. All of us want to be part of Star Wars. All of us would love to be in a show or a film. But if you're going to cast your friends who are the directors of these episodes in these parts, and they they look like community college actors in their first class acting, then you're killing the vibe of the show. Well, Deborah Chow did well. (laughs) No. Deborah Chow was the one X-wing pilot. Fine, unbelievable. Yu was not good. No, he wasn't, and Filoni wasn't. And Filoni was terrible. No offense to Dave. I'd love fair. to do what you do, but you can't act. Um, fair, fair. Yeah, and so that's my that's on six. Do you guys want to talk any more about six? Let's go to seven. Yeah, yeah there's so much more to talk about. There is so yes. much more to talk about. Seven was fantastic. Awesome. Uh, seven was like this amazing payoff, and I, I kind of had a feeling. I was like, like if you're going to have these two episodes, and you're going to do this one, like they, these are your last two. You're going to have to get to it, and boy, yeah. did they get to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, loved how. It was just the assembling of the characters from previous episodes. Like, yeah. I need, like, I need to go back and I need a crew and just picking everybody up and all done so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IG-11? IG-11. Uh, yeah. The IG-11 reveal. Hilarious. Yes. Uh, just, like, it was so satisfying after so many episodes of, like, well, where are we going? Where are we going to go? I got to get everybody and I got to go back. Yeah. Um, and again... Kind of, you know, we just had our big spoiler discussion about uh, Rise of Skywalker yeah. and how overcomplicated it was and how much was going on. This episode of Mandalorian was great because it's straightforward. Yeah. We're going to go back. The bounty hunt. We're going to make a deal with the bounty hunters and we're going to go up against these Imperials. And that's it. And but, that, that's literally it. But and still with twists and turns and double crosses that made sense. Because it was all character focused. Yes. Because yeah. you had the It's time. organic. Uh it, it was, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about the episode yeah. at all. I was so happy and so satisfied. I thought that uh, getting, you know, getting the crew that he met, going back and meeting up with the bounty hunters and kind of going back into the city, uh, so simple. And then having that whole moment where those giant pterodactyl, pterodactyl type creatures. Type oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. First of all, came out of nowhere. It I, did. I jumped. Classic Star Wars. Yep. Awesome, giant monsters. Uh, and again, not just doing it to do it, right. but to get Carl Weathers to be uh, hurt, yep. to then reveal force healing powers, right. which it's a good thing they revealed it there because I would have been really surprised in Rise of Skywalker. Eh. And that's why they dropped it on a Wednesday. <laughs> that's why they dropped it early. Nah. Yeah, you know, all right. I don't think it would have made any difference <laughs> for that movie. Yeah. I agree, I agree. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> oh, they clearly moment. were like, we're making force healing a thing, right. and, they, and they did it. Mm-hmm. Because Baby Yoda did it, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm cool with it. Well, and even before the pterodactyl attack, when Baby Yoda watches Mando and Cara Dune arm wrestling, yeah. and you see him go force after choke. her. That was that, awesome. I forgot about that, you're right. Awesome. So that's what was great is that the thing that I had been lacking was 
what's going on with the bigger story of Baby Yoda, what's Baby Yoda's thing, and by having him both force choke Kara, yeah. Doom, and then heal Kara, you're like, okay, this is... Yeah. The, we are moving forward on the Baby Yoda stuff. This yeah. is great. We know why the Imperials want him. And then uh, the double cross with the bounty hunters. Yeah, which is great. It was a great moment. And also earned. It's yes. like, okay, well, you literally saved my life. I'm Absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to do this. And, you know, because like... As soon as he was like, come on back, we're going to work together. I was like, this is a double cross. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You you can't see this as a double cross. But I just like that, you know, again, it's not, they didn't insult our intelligence Mm -hmm. in, we're all pretty sure that Carl Weathers is lying. We're all pretty sure that this is going to go down. And had it just gone down the way you expected, you'd have been like, okay, I mean, I saw it coming, but fine. Right, like episode six. But to have him, yes, but to have him turn around, shoot the bounty hunters and be like, I'm good now. Like, Okay, that was great. Yeah. Uh, but you also believe that Mando brought Cara Dune for a reason, not just for the mission, but also kind of as backup for him, like oh, the, his eyes and ears. Absolutely. So when he insisted that she come, and of course, naturally to push the storyline that you know Carl Weathers is going to turn on him, he says, oh, duh, you know, she shouldn't be a blah, blah, blah. And so you get that he doesn't like that she's there, right, and has her cover up her tattoo. All of that plays into what happens later. Well, um, and the interpersonal dynamic between Gina Carano and uh, Creel. Yeah. What a great uh, interplay that they had. Oh, yeah. and, and, again, and, and this to me, uh, I'm just going to keep harping on Rise of Skywalker, but like this is what was missing in Rise of Skywalker. There was so much mm. plot and we need to get from A to B to C to D to Z uh, yeah. that you didn't have the time to do these things. And like the thing that I love most about Star Wars and the thing that this had in spades was all of these little discussions. Yeah. Like the X. The ex-rebel fighter giving shit to the guy that used to work for the Empire, but he was like, I was a slave. I earned my... Like, there's all... It was so rich in giving you backstory and giving you context, but all through how these characters Mm -hmm. relate to each other. Um, And then hitting again... I mean, it's going to be... Hopefully this week we get the reveal on it, but like hitting again Mando's sort of issue with droids. Yeah. And the entire concept of like... He was like, a droid is only bad if it's programmed to be bad. Right. And like... Like, which is the, the, a pet conversation. Which is which is a really interesting conversation, and just droids in Star Wars are interesting, anyways. Fair point. They're programmed, but they're sentient. It's very yeah. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. Are they slaves? Like, how do we feel about this? Or they're put but, into movies as plot devices too, because they have exactly. a plan. Yeah, um, so I think that's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that that was really cool. And then um, Warner Herzog's uh, speech yeah. about the Empire was great. Yeah. Like this idea of like, are things really better now? Like yeah. people were safe. People were there was security. It was the entire totalitarian like playbook of like this is why it's okay. Right. Um, the and trains ran on time. Trains ran on time. Trains yeah. ran on time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, and then just the decimation. Yeah, man. And that's how you introduce a character. Like we've been waiting for Esposito for seven episodes or six, and then six and a half, and then he finally shows up, and he's a moth. Yeah. And he wants that Yoda, and he is the baddest moth I've seen since. Peter Graves. Yeah. So you're just like... Tarkin? uh, Since Tarkin, right. So you're just like, oh my God, this is... Or Peter Cushing, sorry. So you're like, oh man, this is awesome. But also, I love the fact that they had the conversation about whether he is a a clone or not, or some kind of genetic thing, and he's like, no, I used to work on those things. He is not. But Kara... And you're just like, oh wait, what is it? What are we doing here? So I I love that they threw in some mystery in there, but certainly Esposito showing up just immediately took the uh, series 
to a whole nother level, almost cinematically to that level. Yeah. Well, and also because Esposito showed up on Navarro, which is yeah. like the, the bounty hunter planet, I guess. Right. Do we think that was Esposito at the end of the episode yes. of Ming-Na Wen? I, I think it was. I, I think it was. was. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I got that feeling. It could be not. I mean, we'll see. Mm. Um, and then and then that ending. Again, oh, yeah, again, man. as we were talking oh. about on Rise of Skywalker, just like, yeah. you know, a lot of things happen and you were like, I get why this happened or this wasn't really earned and I didn't yeah. feel it. And to have a little Ugnaught oh. get, get gunned down, <sighs> I had such an emotional reaction yeah, to that. I was like, no! Because yeah. he was such a great character. Yeah. And just so, like, full of, like, you know, like, he was just so interesting and cool. And when those uh, stormtroopers on the speeder bikes took him down, like, I was like, I was more upset about him getting killed than I was about them getting Baby Yoda. Yeah. I was like, it really hit me. So this is where I cannot wait to see what happens next week. And also, it gives me hope for the future of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, If the right people are in charge of it, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, if this is what they're doing, you know, we all had our issues with those middle episodes and like, did we like yes. it? Did we not? Where are we going? They're clearly ending strong. Mm-hmm. They clearly had an idea from the beginning of where this was going. Um, we're going to get a season two of this. And then Deborah Chow, who directed the best episodes, doing Kenobi. is doing Kenobi. <sighs> so I just am like, guys, Filoni, Chow, Favreau, like, yeah. give them Star Wars. Yeah. Yes. Give, give them the next movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I think maybe Mandalorian helped me a lot this week in my post-Rise of Skywalker feelings. <laughs> so I was like, well, watch yeah. this. <laughs> I like that I saw Rise of Skywalker first. And then saw Mandalorian, because I can walk away feeling like more hopeful for the franchise, certainly. Yeah, and also, I mean, we, we've we had it with the animated series up to this point, yeah, yeah. but it's like, okay, Star Wars is not relegated to the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. Like, there are more stories to be told. Uh, so, yeah, ultimately, Rise of Skywalker, disappointed, but that's not the end of Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is going to keep going. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully we get another thing on the level of what Rebels got to, or where the Mandalorian yeah, yeah. is getting well, to right now. And Mandalorian, I mean, and... and Granted, Yoda, baby Yoda clearly is using the force. Yes. The force, the idea of the force is still a part of Mandalorian, but there's, again, the baby Yoda's no Jedi. Yeah. A baby. Uh, there's no Jedi's, there's no lightsaber battles. Like, that is a part of Star Wars and it's great, but mm-hmm. this is showing the richness of the world without that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, I mean, any predictions on what we'll see in the last episode? I, I think, well, I think IG 11 is going to. Save the fucking day. You think so? Oh, and turn the droid thing around for I think, Mandalorian. I think that droid. I mean, wow. I could be wrong. Maybe Mando's right. I I'm going with Mando's theory. <laughs> no, I think I'm. I think I might be with you because of Ugnot dying. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think. Mm, I think. I think point. IG Eleven is going to come in strong, and hopefully that'll lead into because what would be great, and I, hopefully we will find out why. Um, Mando hates droids. Like what yeah. happened mm-hmm. when he was a kid and why he feels the way he feels about droids. But <laughs> if he has this feeling against droids and then IG-11 comes in strong, that could lead into a great buddy dynamic in season two. Show yeah. me what happened on the toaster to you from the droid <laughs> touching you. Um, do, so we, think, do we think the helmet's coming off? Or do you think they're going to save it for season I two? I think they're going to save it for season two. Yeah. I can't think of a reason why he would do it. Yeah. Uh, and so I kind of feel like they're going to save it. Maybe they won't, but yeah. it feels like we'll see. Episode uh, four, I thought for sure by the end of the season, oh, it's yeah, coming yeah. off now yeah. because they ran in place for a few episodes. Like, no, nah, they're going to save it. For I season. wonder. Yeah. First of all, I just can't wait to get into 
Esposito. Yeah. Like, well, who this moth is, what his deal is. Right. Um, I'm wondering, like, I, hopefully we'll get a little bit more clarity on Baby Yoda yeah. and what's going on there. But also, like, do you think, like, if they ended on a cliffhanger, like, if, 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 the, if the Empire or the remnants to. of the Empire get Yoda and take off and Mando has to go chasing after him, like... I have a lot of feelings about it. That's a season two. And then they spend the time trying to change Yoda uh, through the second season. That keeps you coming. You, you want him to save him. But then Yoda's being used to do these things. And is he dark? Yeah. Is he not dark? What is it? And then, you know, because you run into the whole thing, which I think is what they alluded to with. Um, uh, what's his name? The Ugnaught? What's the character? He said, I Creel. have a name. Creel. 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 When Creel said a droid is neither good nor bad, a droid is programmed one way or the other. Yoda, Baby Yoda, that could come back with Baby Yoda in the second season. Is it being programmed to be good or bad by the training or by the Empire or whatever? Yeah. Because there's no way you introduce Esposito and take away that threat in one episode. If you do, that's a massive mistake. I think they carry him into the second season for sure. So, yeah. It looks good. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. excited. Yeah. All right. Uh, Is the car. Yeah. Two thumbs way up. Three thumbs way up, uh, I would say, for all of us here at the Geek Buddies. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this, uh, this episode. Uh, the spoiler uh, review of Mandalorian episode six and seven. We look forward to episode eight. We'll certainly be reviewing that. And I'm sure talking about the whole season as a whole afterwards as well as part of that review. Um, any last things? No, no. But if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MKToon. If you'd like to follow Mr. Roke, it's at The Roka Says. hey And uh, go uh, check out wherever you're listening to us. Give us some comments. Give us some stars. Give us some ratings. Give us uh, a shout out on Twitter. Uh, let us know how you feel about droids. Let us know whatever you want. <laughs> uh, we just, The more we hear from you guys, uh, the higher up we go in the rankings and the more geeks we get to join the buddies. That's right. And I can't encourage you all enough. Please retweet this episode. Share this episode. Tell more people about the Geek Buddies so we can get more and more people on board. Because when you retweet it, it's your stamp of approval of our podcast. And people and friends who follow you, who respect your taste, will give us a chance because you have personally vouched for our podcast so please do that all right thanks everybody for listening we will back to you we'll be back i'm sure next week with another uh, spoiler episode of the mandalorian here on the, the geek, geek buddies, Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.